Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jeff Hurst, the trailer booking at Billy Bones, a Paolo Diggio, West Ham United. We celebrate our victories, we stick together in defeat. Proud of our history, West Ham United, more than just a podcast. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Uh, season 10, episode 25. Um, it's Tuesday and not a Monday because we had an FA Cup draw up north. Um, no booches tonight. Uh, if it's not a Monday, it, it, it confuses them. Uh, but but back obviously always and and uh, well I say always but but actually um, Nigel wasn't available but the chef man has made him available. Good evening, Nigel. Where are you and what are you doing? I'm in my ass. What you never go in your shed anymore. You're a fair weather chef. It's a man. bit cold. I, well, you say that I was I in there Saturday. You put it, we, uh, we I put a heater in there, but it was so crap. Yeah. Well, we did. Oh, yeah. You did your propaganda. More of that later. Yeah. And I was frozen. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. So, anyway, you're in your house. Uh, welcome, yeah. Nigel. Uh, thank you for making the time. I know you had you uh, quite a lot on tonight. So thank you for making the time. Um, also back, busy, it was yes. going to be actually myself and Len. At one point, it was just me and Len talking. Probably done it in 22 minutes. Uh, Canny Town Len, where are you? What are you doing? I'm in the studio after a tough day doing a podcast for you. Yeah. Because you're always available, aren't you? I don't think you've ever said no. No, <laughs> I've never no. said. Uh, oh, no, that's not true. That's to. not true. Uh, uh, Len, there was one time not so long ago where you weren't feeling all that well. That's right, the first and time, said, oh, wasn't no, it? I can't do it. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, just a few weeks ago, and you said, "Oh, I've got a bit of a problem. Uh, I'm not right up to it." But that's the only time you've uh, refused an offer of a podcast. I can't remember. It's good to hear. 
Um, it's good to hear you anyway. Thanks, man. Ever so nice to you. Uh, anyway, we didn't record on Monday because we had a game against Stockport County. Obviously, they beat us in the League Cup in 1996. Were you there, Nigel? No, I wasn't there, no. Um, I watched it, though. Len, were you... Yeah? What was the score? One that was predicted. Who's the manager? No, no, no. I'm talking about talking Stockport about? County in 1996. Uh, Oh, the, the manager, oh, I'll tell you what, all right, the manager for West Ham was Harry Redknapp. The manager for Stockport County, I think you'll find, was Dave Jones. I think you're right. What is it? Uh, didn't, I think... What was the score then? Front, it, we're talking about the replay, not the We lost 2-1. Yeah. yeah we, we, we drew 1-0, I think, at, at the West Upson Ham Park, Cup. and then we lost 2-1. Yeah. That's right. uh, who, was it Tony Cotty? Or Julian Dix? I don't know. I've asked a question. That's what I was just saying. Is it Tom Cotty or Julian Dix? I don't know. All right. I think it was Julian Dix. Ludo McCloskey was in goal. I think it was Julian Dix put us 1-0 up. Um, Yeah. Um, uh, Slavin Bilic was playing in that game. Yes. uh, We put a good team out, to be fair. I do remember that. But um, they, they was were it in December. Years ago. Yeah, uh, they were League One back then. No, September, September. Of course, oh, I wrote. Right. I thought it was later in the there. league. No, oh, so you've paid attention then. Well, I write so many stories. Sometimes it's hard to keep on to the detail. You know, I put a video. So Stockport County actually streamed the whole thing, the whole one and a half hour game, uh, on YouTube. So I, I put that up before the game. Oh, did they? Um, yeah. The the nineteen ninety six game uh, that is. Yeah, I get. I guess you was uh, talking about that. I mean, I just remembered that the, 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 the it was another rain. It seems to always rain in Stockport, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> enough it does, it? that it did tip down with rain, and and, and it was um, Dowie's head off. Was Dowie's head of the equaliser? Um, I can't recall. It's a long time ago when we're doing it. Brett Angel got the winner, didn't he? Brett Angel was the one, yeah. Um, Yes. Anyway, it wasn't to be, I I, I haven't managed to look it up, and it wasn't to be repeated. Uh, Quite an easy Dix did score Oh, here we go. It was Dix. Dix. You've looked it up now. Yeah, yeah look, I've got it. So the team, I didn't realise that. My mate came on as a son. Danny Williamson uh, and as well. Mark Reaper, Mark Bowen, Slavin Bilic, Julian Dix, Mark, Michael Hughes, John Munker, Dimitri Crestu, um, uh, Ian Bishop played, Hugo Portfario, whatever his name Porfirio. was. Porfirio. Porfirio. Yeah, and and Ian Dowie all played. Yeah. Um, Danny Williamson, you forgot. And Danny Williamson. Um, My golfing, go. mate. But it wasn't to be repeated. Um, we, we, we walked it. It was easy, wasn't it? Easy, easy, easy. Um, I know we left it to the 85th minute, but it was never in doubt. Let's start with you, Len. Yeah. Um, 
the result was in no doubt ever. You said one nil. You got it spot on. Um, what, what was the problem? You 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 gone all the big cabri smash on me. I didn't hear what you said, mate. I said uh, it, the, the result was never in doubt. What what were you oh. know? What did you think of the game? What did I think of the game? Yeah, uh, quite. Uh, expectedly harder than we'd imagine. Um, the, 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 there's always seems to be like that in these games, but obviously the the the, the weather didn't help things. That was a great leveller, and um, I can't is criticise some of the players' performances too much in that weather. Um, I don't think we was ever gonna gonna struggle. It was just a question of when we was gonna score and how, and naturally. An airborne ball was always going to be better than something uh, with the ball on the floor, really. That happened to be the case. We got the important corner, finished it off in the next round, move on, really. wasn't great, was it? It was nothing happened in the first half and not much happened in the second, but, you know. Was was it it the pitch? Uh, Was it? Playing non-league side, it's difficult to do when when they try and stop you playing the game. Or, or, or was it just West Ham didn't really take it very seriously? No, I thought we took it seriously enough. I just I don't think the break helps us. Sometimes when we got a little bit of a break, it feels like a little bit of waiting time since the last game. Or oh, I might be wrong there. That never seems to help. I don't think it helps Everton when they played us. It certainly didn't help us yeah. um, when we played last night. I was expecting, I was actually looking forward to seeing a bit of some fresh faces that didn't happen, which is a little bit... Well, it was a strong uh, time, wasn't it? It was very it was strong. Very strong. Very thing. surprisingly strong. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it, it's... I sound disappointed, don't I? But, you know, we won, we're through. Okay, I don't like the idea of having a draw two rounds ahead to see who we're playing. But they, yeah. Liverpool and Man United don't scare me. So, you know, if you want to, yeah, yeah, if you want to win the cup, you've got to beat them. And until recently, there always used to be a case of whoever played Man United, or West Ham played Man United, the winner used to uh, go on and win it. But, that disappeared a few years ago, didn't it? Um, yeah, no, you know, let's yeah. look forward. I think last time Man United, not to say they did win it. They won did it. Win it. Of course they did. Yeah. Last season at Upton Park, they did win it again. So After we'd knocked st- Liverpool out. Yeah. So is that still staying, that record? Because 64, we beat them to win. 70... F- didn't play them 77, in 70- they beat us, didn't they? Um... Recently, they beat us in '85 and went on to win it. That's right against Everton. Didn't they beat us in '83 as well? Yeah, I think they did. And then went on to win it and beat Brian. Yeah. Someone will tell us anyway, in the comments. I'm sure the FA Cups has um, this year. Um, you know, we just got to beat Doncaster, Man United, or Liverpool, and. Beat Man City and then we might be in a final. Yeah, Doncaster won't be easy. No, it won't. Uh, let's just do a little stat attack 
uh, uh, West Ham had 62% of possession away from home in Edgeley Park. Um, we had, obviously, they had 38. Um, we had 12 shots on target. Uh, sorry, no, we didn't. We had 12 shots, no, two on target. Well, that's what BBC says. 12 shots, two on target. They had five yes, shots. Yes, we had 12 shots. You two, said on, on target. On target. I was like... Yeah, I said, I, I corrected myself. Yeah. 12 shots, two on target. They had five, one on target. Um, but they look, they did quite well, didn't they, Nigel? What, what, how did you see it? And, and obviously, the person everyone was slagging off, uh, Craig Dawson, gets gets the match winning goal. Yeah, I don't, I don't, oh, it was the pitch was a great leveler, it was great to see, yeah. actually, a pitch like that, to be fair. And it was good to see, I think we coped pretty well with it for me um, normally uh, when you'll get a team like that they will defend and fight for their lives which is Stockport did and then what they'll do is is that because of fitness levels they'll, they'll, they'll run out of energy in the last yeah. normally 20 to yeah. 15 minutes and I think what happens now is that um, years ago uh, Stockport would have been part time but they're not their full time even though they're non-league, they're a prof- fully professional club. And I think that showed in the fitness that their players were, were, were still fighting all the way to the end of the game. So full credit yeah. to them and their manager. I think with games in hand and everything, they possibly could go second in the league. They're doing a lot better than I ever thought um, that they were doing. So and they they were never really out of the game, but they never really troubled us at the back. Um, but then again, we didn't yeah, really chances, trouble them didn't too much. They, yeah, but the, the fact they had one shot on t- target, which I think was at the end of the game, shows it. When I say it's, they've not troubled us, they've not to, to score a goal, you've got to yeah, have a shot on target. Yeah, so you got yeah. a trouble. So if it's, you look, we had a lot Randall, of ball. We, we had a lot of chances. Well, no, he flapped at that corner, didn't he? Uh, where he punched yeah, it into yeah, the air, a slippery ball. And yeah. the, the, thing, the thing about that's exactly wet what conditions the like that is, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, the thing about the wet conditions like that, it, it, it is a great leveller. Because if you look, a lot of the time we were overwritten passes because it was skidding off of the surface. Then in the second half, the ball was getting caught up. So they think the ball's going out, but it don't go out. Um, I think Lanzini got caught out once where he was trying to shepherd the ball out and the ball got caught up in the water and he got he, and, and the Stockport bloke nicked the ball off of him. I, I, all in all, right team, it's right a tough game to play. I mean, right team. Well, the fact that Starting he had the call on, yeah, if you, I, the, a lot of people get frustrated when you put a lesser team out and you get beat or you don't do as well or they want to think that we're going to go for the cup. It's this, it's weird because because we had the two draws before the game. We're looking at the fifth round before we've beat the third round. And some a lot of people were thinking, oh, we're going to be out anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was I, almost I, that as was if... A bit of a, I agree with you. It was a downer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was almost as if Moyes could have, would have liked to have waited because he might have thought, you know what, I might chuck a few kids out tonight because what's the chances really? It's a 50-50 chance 
when when you know that because you're always looking for an easy draw to get you know into the sixth round when you look at the teams available to be drawn but as everybody says you've got to beat everybody so or you've got to beat yeah. a good team to get to the final at some point it's a it's a fifth and round the quarter if you final think back, is that right no, six rounds quarterfinal. So if you look back to oh, right? um, our last good run in the FA Cup, fun enough, which was in 2016, um, last season at Upson Park, we beat Liverpool in a replay after the fourth round. We got a draw at uh, Anfield. If you look at the Man United game in the sixth round, um, we, if VAR was about, Man United's equaliser wouldn't have stood. I agree. Because um, Schweinsteiger, wasn't it, um, pushed Adrian, I believe, for their goal. We were unlucky, goal. talking of that, we were, yeah. we were unlucky not to get a penalty last night. If VAR had been there, we'd have got a penalty. Yeah. Were we? I thought so, yeah. yeah. Well, you watched the game, yeah. Nigel? Yeah, no, I watched it. I watched it all. I any any flashpoints? Did you? Well, apart from the no, fireworks. No, look, flashpoints, fireworks. What flashpoints? That's a good if, laugh. That's a well, flashpoints. Yeah. That's a joke. Fireworks. The one thing points. that the shows oh, about the game, which is a blood and thunder cup game. Yeah, was no yellow cards, no red cards, only one mm. offside in the game. Did you, did you hear afterwards? By the way, just going back to flashpoints. What the fireworks were about? Yeah, some fifteen-year-old during the game. Trouble, wasn't yeah. He? yeah, yeah, some fifteen-year-old was run over by a police car on Boxing Day, and it was in honour of him. Yeah, it did go on for a while, and I, I wondered because Mike uh, Riley was looking around, going, "What shall I do?" And Mike no Riley, his whistle. Well, what was his name? Who was it then? Mike Dean. Who was the f- Mike Dean? Whatever, Mike, whatever. They're all they're all <laughs> men in black. Um, well, he wore green, didn't he? I know. What, what are the rules? What are the rules? If if a firework display is going on above the heads, it must be really off-putting. What what are the rules? I think the rules there are. He played on to there was a natural break in the game, wasn't there? One of our players had gone down, and then I think what he was saying is, which is they've said in the press, but you could see him saying to I think Noble and Rice, I can't hear what people were saying in the year. So he just wanted to let the fireworks oh. finish. Yeah, he was scared. Did you run your Noble picture? Was scared. Is that what you... also run the picture? What's the story? Um, and what, what, do you think the, sh- what do you reckon the headline? The poor bloke is shivering in the rain, watching the fireworks, and you go, oh, he's scared. Of course he ain't scared. So so what, what was my headline this morning oh, on Mark Noble? Hammers spooked by fireworks. Yeah. It was a good headline. I thought so. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm missing something. Yeah, the gutter press. <laughs> anyway, let's let's talk. I mean, there's not, as you say, it's not a lot to talk about the game. I'm, I'm wasn't completely sure about the substitutes. I would have bought on um, that young striker a bit earlier. Go on, what's his name? Um, Mido. Mido. Uh, Mipo. Mipo. I don't know his second name. And don't try and ask me to pronounce it. Um, it was good that John Ben Johnson played. Um, I just thought, you know, their whole team. I was saying to the missus, she went, "Why can't you beat Stockport?" And I went, "You know what? 
I said, I'd like to play a bit of poker. And I said, you know what? The hardest people to play poker are the people who don't know how to play poker, right? Because if you're playing with someone... you can't read them. Texas no hold them. You can't read them because they don't know what they're doing. How do you read someone when they don't know what they're doing? Now, I know that's not a really fair analogy. To be fair, Sean, I'll play poker against you and I'm pretty sure I cleaned you a couple of times. And... uh... Um, I'm not sure you did. I think but I did. Anyway, um, but but you know, it's hard to. It's easier to uh, West Ham slip up on these games. It's harder to play a non-league or lower league side than sometimes because this is their cup game, not just their cup game, but their FA Cup game. You know, this is the big thing. You know, they they were crowding us out and doing every tactic in the book to stop us playing a Premier League kind of game. To frustrate us, they were using the weather. The pitch was bloody awful. There was the pitch was soggy. <laughs> I know, I know that's how Billy Bonds and everything played. But you know, these silky Premier League players who play on carpets didn't know how what to do. You know, on on this that soggy ground. So you know, fair play. Stockport gave a good account, and they should be very proud of themselves. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's talk about who wasn't available because we've got. Well, since the Premier League, um, quickly, last thing then, it's if you have been doing your since the Premier League started, or since football was reborn in nineteen ninety two, um, how many Premier League teams have been knocked out of the FA Cup by non league teams? Uh, I, I would imagine it's quite a Go lot. On. Um, Fifteen. Two. Oh really? To non-league teams, only two. Non-league. Oh, is Crawley's not no. non-league? Is it? That's uh, they're league two. I don't know where Crawley is. Coventry City, were they one? Crawley is Sussex. Co- um, Coventry is Sutton United, no, wasn't it? But that weren't Premier League. That was nineteen eighty-eight. Oh, time I don't flies. Mean to be disrespectful. I don't go below the Championship really. I've got no interest in League One and League Two. Oh, except for AFC Wimbledon. Oh. No, I don't really. Um, so, uh, Belbran, Belbrana and Fredericks were self-isolating. I did write a story that possibly they tested positive, but I got told off um, medical confidentiality. And I was told that, that I was told to refer to the uh, manager's comments that two players were self-isolating and that no players are currently tested positive so that's what i'm going to say so um belbrainer and brian fredericks were not available for covid related issues probably the biggest surprise of the evening was Issa diop had traveled to stockport but picked up a mysterious injury on well no apparently he picked up an injury on sunday still traveled because he was only 70 percent Alan Irvine said this, and um, was had a fitness test on on Monday morning, and was declared he failed that fitness test and was not. You know, this is a guy, by the way, after he got COVID with Moyes and Cullen uh, in that cup game, which I can't remember who we were playing. Um, he's only played two appearances since. He played one against Palace. And one against Arsenal, from memory. Uh, one was only a substitute experience, uh, appearance for 27 minutes. He's played 117 minutes. 
he got taken with the squad to Leeds and also didn't make the squad, didn't make the bench. And and we're we're led to believe that it's not long COVID and he hasn't fallen out with a manager. And it really is just unlucky that um that he has different reasons why he can't play. I don't know what to make of it. But but a senior source told me today it's a truth, Sean. There is no conspiracy theory. So we're going to have to trust that he's not leaving in January. And I've been told he's not leaving in January. And the manager does like him. And he's just been really unlucky. So that, let's take it as that. Um, Masuak is probably at least six weeks away, maybe more. Um, he's still not able to train properly. So the question for you <coughs> guys, obviously, uh, you know, mute when you're caught, Sorry. Nigel. Um, is obviously we haven't recorded since Alaire and um, uh, Snodgrass were sold. Uh, just to recap for our listeners, I'm sure they will remember, but Alaire was sold for uh, twenty million pounds or twenty point two million pounds, you know, uh, to Ajax um, in a four-year deal. Ajax, uh, we get four. <laughs> Ajax, we get Ajax. We get. Four million up front, and then four million a year for the next four years uh, in an instalment plan. Uh, we still owe about eleven million to Frankfurt, but we still got payoff again in instalments. Um, and there is no add-on clause, and uh, um, there's no sell-on clause. There are no add-ons. That's it. Came out of the blue. He admitted that he'd been speaking to him for months, but David Moyes said, "Look, this came out of the blue, and we we." We just took it. We've got no replacement lined up. So let's talk to you both about that. Good deal, bad deal. He, he had no plans to let him go, said David Moyes. Nigel? I think it's good for Haller. At the end of the day, it obviously wasn't working for us. And if the, if the, you know there's a chance to move him on, I, I think for everybody's sake, it's obviously... You know, it's not going to pan out the way Moyes plays. And Haller wasn't happy. You could see that on the pitch. And having watched the second half of the Ajax um, PSV game yeah. at the weekend, um, you, you saw a totally different Haller. He smiled it, afterwards. Well, and, he, was smart. Um... He, he was running around during the game. He scored disallowed by VAR. He set up the yeah. equaliser goal for Ajax. Ajax yeah. were playing with Dusan Tadic and uh, uh, Anthony, a Pope called Anthony, um, in more of a proper free, sort of the type of system he was used to at Frankfurt. He's teamed up with the manager that had him at Utrecht, where he scored in Dutch football. He knows Dutch football. Mm-hmm. He knows the manager. He knows the style. In you know, it's not a it's not a square peg in a round hole, is it? Yeah. And he said West Ham system didn't suit him. I mean, he wasn't. I don't think he was being disrespectful. He just said um, no. But at the end of the day, he was system. he was brought. And this is the thing: when he signed his contract, and, and the club was sold to him, it was sold to him by Pellegrini, probably playing in a, in a certain way. And yeah. it's not panned out, has it? When he was bought, he was going to be the centre focus. He was going to have Antonio wide of him and probably Lanzino yeah. or, or Anderson wide left of him. And it yeah. n- never really happened for him. He had, I thought, to be fair, yeah. I thought he showed his quality, uh, that he was a good striker in the first opening 10 games. 
and then after that, coupled with you know the 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 loss of um, Fabianski and and the worst goalkeeper, you know, to get a constant run out in the team that I've seen, Roberto going in goal cost. I mean that that injury to Fabianski. If you look at what it's actually cost West Ham, I, I would say it cost Pellegrini his job, and it's cost us lots of money yeah. in the transfer window and replacing the players that failed under Pellegrini, that are under yeah. that didn't perform well under Moyes. Good point, that. Purely because so of that injury. Coming to you, Len. Coming to you, yeah. Len. Um, good deal. 20 million? Well, you could say it's a good deal for everyone because 20 million was his current value under the circumstances of what? Yeah. Of what? Once you depreciate it over what yeah. you've been there, this... um, you know, you write off any asset over a period of time. Hmm. You could argue that. Good you know, move for him. If we'd have left it longer, we could have got less for him in the summer. Yeah. Moyes gets his chance to get his own man in. Good move for Haller. Yeah. Disappointed that. Although no, here's the, here's the key, right? And and I don't say it. Well, I am going to say it. You know, we've got no replacement lined up. Moyes has made it clear he will not panic buy. He will not buy for the sake of it. And he's happy to continue if he can't find the right player. He's happy to continue with the rest of the season without a replacement striker, because he says I've got options with Lanzini, Benrahma and particularly Yarmolenko. He, he, he's got this belief in himself that he's turned two midfielders into strikers, and if necessary, he could turn someone like Yarmolenko into a striker because he's done it before. You know, Yarmolenko, I think, has played a striker for Ukraine and maybe uh, that team in Moscow um, um, that he played for. I don't believe it. Um, I think he's just talking clever. That's just what an experienced manager would say. He's just He doesn't want to sound desperate because he knows... It give him yeah. a better chance to get the guy he wants. All I can tell you is as we speak on Tuesday night, right, I know there's loads of stories, and I know on Clarence we ran lots of reports as well, but nothing is close. Nothing is close, right? There's no last-minute negotiations or a medical about to happen. So if you read that, it's not close. Now, things can happen, but, but not in, you know, I'll be fabriclast if anyone signs in the next three or four days. But this is a problem. Um, the reason why nothing's close, Sean, is because it's hard for us to sign players because of the team we are. It's not hard for Ajax to sign players for I twenty million pounds. It's hard pound. to sign players. In, well, Ajax didn't bother. Didn't good, struggle. Well, I know that, but it's hard to sign players. You could say they took a gamble. It's hard to sign players in January anyway. In the pandemic, no one wants to release the good players. They want to offload their crap players, like we did. You know. And, and you hope a manager sees something else. And they're the kind of things we'd be offered. And that's why a lot of the people you see, look, look at the headlines of some of the strikers. I think we've been linked with 20 strikers. I was talking to Stell, Irons United, on, and talking through his list. And I was giving him a, a, a percentage out of 10 on, on where it would happen. And I think the biggest we got to was Josh King on eight. But everyone else was two, three. And Outovich was one. You know, not going to happen. It doesn't um, make a lot of sense, Sean. When there's a buyer, there's a seller, so it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. But but most of the stories, some of them are pure speculation, some of them are for agents, but a lot of them are being offered to us and not ones we're looking for. So our list is one thing, but lots of people have been offered to us, including the 
striker from um, Litzburg, um, you know, Freddie Canuti's um, client. But anyway, going back, there is no transfer news, well, basically. Yeah, but one thing in that transfer, and why, and it does play into the fact that we've, we get these lists and, and nothing's really happening, is the sale of Haller uh, exposes Moyes' tactics and mm. how actually narrow the type of strikers yeah. we actually can buy. So if, if mm. Haller's not going to succeed... It's uh, it's possible. Do you buy a replacement that's similar to Haller? Though the tactics didn't no, work I, for him, so then you. I, I, I don't think so. Right, I think so you buy someone like similar to Antonio. Then, yeah, I think you're looking yeah. for someone with pace. Right, go on, pace, flexibility, adaptability. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is, let's name some players then. That would, would that would straight replace Antonio. Not that, that are available to uh, buy. Well, Let's just name some players. That, that, that um Simmer uh, chap from Czech Republic. Have you seen him play, Sean? No, but I've been told he plays very much like Antonio. Oh, okay. So because someone else wrote that, I put it in my I, copy I about it. I don't him. think he. I thought he was a big a, a big lad, like six foot so did I. five, Sean. Well, maybe I'm getting it mixed up with another one. But there was definitely one that played like... I would have but to look Remember now, buying from abroad, yeah, they have, to, yeah. they have to have certain ach- targets that have yeah. achieved now to get Brexit, the permit yeah. and everything else. Yeah. So How about Damari Gray? He used to be lively. I thought he'd have been good for us. Yeah, Damari Gray was a winger, I think. Uh, winger comes straight. He started with Birmingham, then he's now at Leicester. Yeah, that's one. Of course, Josh Josh King. Uh, I'm not saying he's a replacement for Antonio. Scored two goals in the FA Cup. Suddenly he's appeared. Um, and I was told by a Bournemouth fan that he's had a back problems. He wasn't played by the manager. But when you you've uh, seen him play, Sean. Oh yeah, oh, and and he's had COVID, and he's had oh, no. COVID. So right. that's some of you, the. You've seen him play. Yeah. yeah. Did he strike you as an Antonio type player? No, he, I said that. Abdulassim is six foot two. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So, so we're struggling here, aren't we? Just yeah, to name, we, just we to name players yeah. that play that way, let alone those we might be able to buy. The only one I can come up with that we possibly get in January, possibly, maybe not, is the Dharma Chiori. I know the one. How, how about this Dyer guy who plays for um, the French thing, Reims? Yeah, has he played for the French national team? Um, right, this is, see what I'm saying? Yeah, see, you keep looking abroad, thing, and that's what I'm saying. Adama Traore, in and out of the Wolves team, but plays similar to Antonio with the pace and the power, could be a player that Moyes may think I can turn you into a striker, son. Yeah, all right, fair enough. But we're struggling here, aren't we? We right? are. And what this does, Look, though, and it, I'll get to my point now, is. It then makes you think what Moyes is going to be like going down the line. Where are we heading? Because the one thing about yesterday's team, like his own money, hold up. The one thing about yesterday's team, its average age was twenty-eight years and four months old. Yeah, we've got the oldest squad, I believe, average age team in the Premier League. So while it's all right for the now, again, there seems to be. Not a lack of forward planning, but we could be going down another path where in two years' time, we've got another lot of problems that we've got to firefight. Yeah. I, I get that. And and maybe that's a good link on the other um, departure. Robert Snodgrass, who I know you were very mm-hmm. fond of. Um, David Moyes said he wouldn't stand in his way. He couldn't offer him a new contract. You couldn't guarantee him any um, game time. I think he played like three or five minutes the whole season. Um, I can reveal now that I think the manager thought his legs had gone and, um, you know, he, he was struggling with, with the pace. And we know we know the manager likes a runner. You've got to run if you want to play. Um, so he, what he said is, we did this for, for Robert. Um, you know, he's well-respected in the dressing room. He's well-respected in the club. He's well-respected in the players. We did a deal. So basically the fee was nominal. It was somewhere between 10 and 100 grand, I was told. It was absolutely nominal. It wasn't about the transfer fee. You know, obviously, we get his, the 40 grand a week off, off the wages. And together with Alaire, um, it saves us £8 million a year. So there's £8 million a year in wages that Moyes can reinvest in a, in a loan deal. Uh, unlimited, although we're at the maximum domestic, there's an unlimited number of foreign people uh, we can loan. Uh, subject to Brexit rules, as just said. So, you know, let, let's go to you, Nigel, again. Do, do, do you begrudge Snodgrass? Well, look, all I'll move? say is if he'd gone to any other club, I hope they'd done really well and everything else. But he's gone to that club, <laughs> and I hope he goes fucking down. <laughs> oh, that is really... You like Snodgrass. Yeah, That's but he's really gone to that club, hasn't he? Thing. Oh, your hatred of Sam... Um, 
Oh, that's, I, I think it's a good Listen, I, it, it, I'm it's me a favour this week because I've got to improve one of Len's uh, pictures. <laughs> uh, we, and I've got a lot of likes on Twitter for that, I'll just point out. That, uh, or a lot of, on, on Facebook, people seem to quite enjoy what I've done there with the picture to improve it. Um. <laughs> so, Len, good move for the club, good move for Snodgrass? Well, if Snodgrass plays, it's a good move for him, isn't it? Might be his last six months in the Prem. Who knows? Uh, I mean, it's fingers I mean, I was told he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a great in a relegation fight. He's a great guy to have in the dressing room, if nothing else. I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to pay paying forty grand a week um, to have in the dressing room, but I, I believe he gets a big bonus if he helps keep them up. Well, like Nigel says, they're happy you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Craig Dawson. Uh, Craig Dawson, the everybody, the 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 player that everyone slagged. Not off. everyone. Um, well, a lot of people yeah. slagged off. Um, I can reveal now we have got an option to buy a nominal fee. I mean, I say a nominal fee, one and somewhere between one and two million. Uh, we can sign him at the end of the season. We've got an option to buy from Watford, uh, and what a revelation he's turned out to be. Obviously, he comes on. People couldn't believe when he started. We haven't conceded a goal since since he's been playing. Do you know oh, wow. No, I know that. Three games, no goal conceded. Yeah. He scored one goal. It, his, his, his signing was about as welcome as Roger Johnson. Um, yeah. You had Roger the Relegator. Now we've got like um, Dawson the Revelator because he's been a revelation. <laughs> As you say. Good luck to him. Even though he does seem to have a, a problem staying on his feet for 90 minutes. Uh, well, that's strange. There's something going on there. I agree. And again, the club won't talk to me about it. All this medical confidentiality. Yeah. And the first time, uh, 19 minutes after Everton, he collapsed after doing an air shot. We first thought it was an embarrassment. And, and the manager said, oh, he was just... You know, he needed sugar or food. He was just... And, and I was told, oh, he's just not used to the Premier League. Well, he played quite a lot in the Premier League. Um, I'm going to ask you how you saw it. But last night, again, there was no contact and he went down. Along come the medics with a little pink drink. I don't know what was in the pink drink. I'm not trying to suggest it was drugs or anything. But was it an energy drink or something? And he swigs this um, pink drink. I don't think it was gin. And suddenly he jumps up and he's all right. And obviously, he heads the, the the match winner. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I've been told he's got no medical underlying condition. Well, I've never done it. What, collapse in a game? Anyway, yeah. Have you ever played for 90 minutes in a game? I have a little run every morning. I don't collapse. Well, have you played a competitive game? What difference does it make? It makes exercise like, in the life. But you think it's just a Premier well, League thing that you're collapsing? It's a it's it's a it's a level of effort, Len. Anyway, we're not going to solve this. We don't know it. Um, I've saved the best for last, Nigel. Um, the big news of this week, in fact, today and yesterday, <laughs> um, is is the appointment of four new directors. Now, um, I'm I'm no special secret sleuth like a lot of people on Company's House. I have email alerts on West Ham uh, United Football Club and 
WH Holdings, any, any West Ham, basically, company's house. So any time they release it, I'll get pinged an email. Not just that, I might do it on Anne Summers and Sullivan's and the London Stadium and everything, yeah? So ping, get an email yesterday. Uh, two new directors. The first one is uh, David Sullivan, or David Edward Sullivan, uh, born in whatever, 1997. So obviously the younger version, David Sullivan Jr. is his own, or Dave, uh, has joined the board. I think there's a few other names. Um, then I see a second director announced, Emma Benton Hughes, uh, better known as Dave's mum. <laughs> uh, I don't think she's better known as Dave. Uh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Don't 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 drop down to the level of the Daily Star and the, and the Mail Online, please, or the partner of of uh, David Sullivan Senior, um, for for a long time. So there you go. David Sullivan's put two of his family on the board, um, and you think, okay, fair enough. You know, he's the majority shareholder. He owns fifty one percent. Says that maybe he's not going anywhere. And then today, a new email pops up. Oh. Oh, it's like buses, you wait around for ages and then four come along all at the same time. So there's two new people today. And the and at first sight, the it's Daniel Cunningham and, and and Charles Cross. And I'm thinking, Daniel Cunningham, I've heard that name. He's a he's a West Ham fan. I, I follow him on Twitter. Oh yes, he's Jacqueline Gulls. Toy boy. Um um, oh, I'm husband. sorry. Yeah, because um, he's seventeen so, years younger than her. Dear, dear. So obviously he's David Gold's son-in-law, and I think, oh yeah, I know Daniel Cunningham is. And then I start to think, well, it, who's Charles Cross? And funny enough, I um I did ask someone in the club, but but at the same time, Nigel went, that's Charlie Cross. That's um that's um Gold's childhood friend. And then I, I did a little bit of digging. I mean, Nigel told me he was in Iron Man. I, you can maybe say what he's done. But then I did a digging, and, and there he is in the autobiography. So pure gold or whatever. It's, no, that's your thing, isn't it? Whatever um, the name of the autobiography is by David Gold, uh, Charlie Cross is in there. You know, childhood friends. Apparently, he's in the director's box. I'm told both of them are passionate fans. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie, so Charlie for Arkham Gavels. And Dan. Passionate fans. Always not sure about Dan, but I mean, Charlie was was the story I got told years ago was that David Gold hadn't spoke to him for years and years. Left, you know, left um, Green Street, made his millions, went up to Surrey, lived it up, and um, I, don't, I don't know if it was when he bought the club or started to reminisce about wonder what happened to his old schoolboy mate. And I don't know if he got a private detective or something, but managed to track him down and find him, and knocking on his yeah. and get someone to knock on his door. So, well, apparently he's he's, he's in the director's box anyway. Yeah, so he's he's, he's always. Um, but but here's a funny story. So when I released this story on Twitter, someone came to me and said, "I want an auction to be in the director's box," and Charlie was on our table. He said, "Here's a funny story." He said he's a mad West Ham fan. He said, but his son is also a massive West Ham fan, but refuses to join him in the director's box because he likes to watch proper football, um, you know, from the stands. And Charlie rings him and talks to him and waves from the director's box while his son watches. So it does sound like proper West Ham fans. Uh, Daniel, I've always been told, is being a you know, big West Ham fan before he met Jacqueline. Um, 
and and I'd like to think, from a David Gold's point of view, that you've got two fans on the board, which which has got to be a good thing, and and I think it shows <laughs> people who who are talking about. <laughs> Do you know the way you said that? That's quite funny. And and I think, hang on, let me finish my monologue. And I think it shows that people think they're about to sell up and go. It's not. This is a new dynasty. This is a family dynasty. It's like the Ming dynasty. It will go on for hundreds of years and be handed down from father to son. Um, and they're not going anywhere quick, even when they die. Nigel. It is, it, it, just, you said like they, they've appointed two West Ham fans to the board. And, it, you know, if I'd have been quicker to get in, I could have gone, well, that had been a first, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, I think it, for me it shows that actually they're not going anywhere. For me, it smacks of, well, not smacks of, I shouldn't say it like that, but this is planning. Obviously, they're both a yeah. certain age, not great health. If they'd caught something, and it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say morbid, you know, but at the end of the day, if they'd have copped it, yeah, and died, it would lead to problems. And I think what they've done is, is that they've sort of done, you know, what's, what's it called when you put someone? Uh, Due uh, diligence or? Succession planning. Yeah, succession planning. Oh, power of attorney type man. stuff where it, I'd imagine it's wrote in that if something happens to this person, these people then get control of his voting rights because that's what it comes down to. There's no way I can see Charlie Cross paying money to become a director of a club as much as Jacqueline. Well, funny you should say that. Funny you should say that because they're non-executive directors and they have to be paid. Now, a normal non-executive director usually gets paid anywhere between five and £20,000 a year. Um now, they might only be paid a pound a year, but they will be employees as, as directors. Um, Non-executive directors are expected to be at least paid their expenses. Uh, and, and no, but what I'm saying is, I don't move. think they've bought shares in the club, have they? No, no. they haven't. So no, they haven't. It's, no, no. The, it's all about voting rights then, isn't it? Well, you say that, but let me... There's two conspiracy theories, obviously, today. The, the first one, and I won't name him because it'd be unfair on Russ Budden... <laughs> Because he sent it to me privately. I thought um, you did. But then. he said, "I think, well, yeah, I I think anyone heard Russ's name." Oh, did I? Oh, right. Okay, I can't read it now. No, I was only joking. Of course, I would out him. Um, he, he asked, and he's not the only one. A lot of people said, "Do you think this is more about um, being able to watch West Ham games?" Because there's a directive that only directors are allowed to watch uh, West Ham games in lockdown. It's going a bit far for Dave Sullivan uh, Junior. Emma. Uh, Charlie and Dan to have to become directors just to watch West Ham games in lockdown. So uh, to answer your question, your private question to me, Russ, no, I don't think that is the case. But but thanks for asking it. Uh, and apologies for outing you. Um, other people uh, messaged me to say that they thought it was something about tax planning or some other to sell the club in two years' time. And someone found an obscure rule that says, if you want to sell a club, two years before you sell a club, you have to own 5% of the club in shares and 5% of the voting rights, right? And this is why they're putting more people on the board. 
But as I pointed out, it was an interesting point, but it was flawed in two reasons. First of all, they've joined the operational board and not the board where the shares are. So it's it's West Ham United Football Club, which is the operational board. Um, the real board, WH Holdings, they're not directors of, and that would be the subject of the takeover bid, not the other one. So it's flawed in that way. The second reason is there are only six directors on that operational board before these other four joined, right? So now it's 10. So that's Tara Warren, Andy Mollett, uh, Trip Smith, Karen Brady, David Gold, David Sullivan, right? If you divide 100 by six, right, you roughly get 16%. So each one of them had over 16% voting rights on their own anyway. So they were over that 5%. And of course, both David Gold and David Sullivan own over 5% of the shares separately anyway. So it doesn't really stack up. And in fact, Trip Smith <coughs> owns over 5% of shares and 5% of voting rights. So why do you think they're bought uh, in then? Not bought in. Um... They are bought in. I just think they're trying to um, uh, increase, expand the ball to have different views. So they don't... If uh, I, I think part of this is, you know, keeping it in the family. Let's be honest, right? Bit of nepotism because it's they own the shares. But part of this, you know, they're bringing in skills. So Dan's a financer. I don't know what Charlie does. What does Dave do then? Um, Dave is a little. I think. I think he was sort of sub training to be an agent, actually. Uh, but he does. He, he knows a lot about being a playboy as well. Uh, we won't talk about Emma because I think the Daily Star has done enough on that. Um, she was a model, <laughs> um, a glamour model. Um, so you know, it's it's their train set. They can do what they want with it. You can't. Lots of people are going. What do you read into it, Sean? What do you read into it? Nothing. It's their company. They own the shares. They've put more. They've kept it in the family by putting more people on the board, and it's the opera. And then this is the key: it's the operational board, um, not the holding company board, where the main shareholders sit. So it's not about takeover. I don't think it's got anything to do with tax planning, or inheritance tax, or anything else. It it, it is what it is. Um, <coughs> anything else before we move on, uh, Nigel? Um, hey. No, I think you've about covered it there. Small thing. Small thing. Um, we talked about um, Wissa and their survey. So, Hammers uh, United have just started to release some of the first details. They've released the first article. So, just before we came on air, I did ask uh, whether they would reveal to me uh, how many people took the survey. What do you reckon? Our survey says... Uh, uh, no, they're, they're not prepared to tell me at this time. Um, I don't know what I read into it. So I'll, I'll read you what they say, right? This is that within the last hour. Um, I just said to them, when they released the um, things, they said, at present, we are just sharing the information from the article. Once we have provided the ISC with the breakdown from their members and the club has seen the data, we'll be sharing the fi all findings with supporters. What's the ISC? Is that the Independent Supporters Committee or whatever? I don't know. I'm not too sure. But the independent, what is the, the independence of the ISC? Well, I assume, I assume it's Sabmark 3. Oh, right. Well, they're a lot of names, aren't they? Yeah, but has that been announced? Mark Who's involved in 
No, no, no. But but I asked a, a club. Oh, I'm not allowed to really talk well, about. Go this. on, then you started um, now. Well, I hear it's still not resolved, right? That's all I'll say. It's still not sorted. Mm. It's still not resolved. And, and I'm not saying anything because I'll get the person in trouble. Well, look, at the end of the day, it's still not it'll be interesting to see. It, uh, some of these things you can make out of it what it is. It'll be interesting to see what the results are. Um, I didn't bother to whistle one because I'm not being funny when 600 people take it. It's totally irrelevant. Um, and no 600 people probably took the Hamish United one. So... <laughs> I want to see what how many people took the Amazon United one, what the results were, how many people... I want well, to know the, how many people took the club's told. one, yeah, and what the results were, yeah. and put them together, and then see what... See what... So here's an interesting... The, the, the one I replied to, the, the um, slide yeah. you put up is, how do you feel about the management of the club from a football, on the pitch, high, yeah. on the pitch perspective? And, and they've answered nine, uh, 80% said yeah. positive, uh, 10% said neutral, and about 5% yeah. said negative. That's, uh, the uh, only, when, you, when you put do questions like that, though, when you put the answer up, you should caveat that by putting the date. Because generally people answer that for around that time. Now, yeah. luckily for Moyes, it hasn't gone tits up. It had been quite yeah. funny if we were doing well then, but it had gone tits up, and then it might have yeah. looked a bit strange. But so it is one piece of information. Here's one piece of information they did yeah. release, but without the overall number, it doesn't help us. Um, they said that 43.22% respondents were members of Hammers United. Um, mm. Wow. That's and, quite interesting, um, really. Here's another thing. 51.61% of respondents uh, were, not, oh, were not members of an FASA-affiliated group. So 49% were either members of WISA or Amish United or the West Ham United Supporters Club. Or Pride of Irons yeah. or... Uh, um, all the other affiliated ones, right. yeah. Uh, well, blame and uh, for me, I don't like percentages. It doesn't no. tell me because if, it, if it's yeah, like exactly. If, if, if it, if, and not to be funny, uh, but and, and and I don't mean this disrespectful to Hammers United, so please don't take it that way. If it had been twenty thousand people that filled out mm. this survey, they would be shouting it from the rafters. So I don't think it's twenty thousand. Um, if it's 43%, remember, they say they have 17,000 members. Um, you know, you would be hoping, uh, what a quick sum, that would, oh, it's not 731,000. That is absolutely wrong, Sean. Um, how do you use a calculator? Well, look, if it was 20,000 um, people. Seven, about 7,310. Yeah. So, you know, it, in my view... You know, I run the London Stadium survey, as you know. We've, we've had anywhere between 6,000 and 11,000. Um, I would hope that they have beaten that. If they really have managed to get this message out, they should be looking at, you know, over 5,000. Without going down maybe. the road, I think, if, if they have beat it, but 
are we saying only forty? So say it's say it's say it's ten thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, a fantastic achievement, to be fair. Only forty-three yeah. percent of that is their membership. What does that say yeah. about their membership? Not as Amish United, but as... well, it says that people look, and I don't think this is about their members. I think this is in general, as you know, it's apathy. Mm. People just don't want to fill out surveys. But the, and this is the yeah. thing that worried me about them doing it is that if 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 they didn't get the numbers, the the club can spin it in a way that it, it can cast a shadow of a doubt over their mumbers claim. I mean, maybe we need to ask Andrew afterwards. And, and you know, it's obviously some kind of media strategy. They've released one question. Well, the, the thing to do uh, is we'll get him back on. When they're ready to release everything, yeah. we'll get him back on. Maybe him and Paul Colburn yeah. together. Or, uh, and... yeah. Well, funny enough, Paul is a regular on, on Claret and Hugh. <laughs> Actually, Paul is often asking me questions. When when we talked about the director one, he, he asked me a question on the forum of Clarence Hugh, and he's, he's Paul is a regular reader and always asks questions. And well, you, you've got to know what the enemy are doing, Sean, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, enough uh, of that. It, it's time for this. See, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're causing trouble now, Sean, aren't you? Because he, he wants his yeah. jingle back. I don't oh, care. Dear, oh dear. So <laughs> I've said this, uh, but 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 Len on on our little chat is going. Did you put a question out? <laughs> it will be a very cool, uh, short question time if you didn't. Put uh, a question out. Did, did you put? Have you ever known me to not put a question out? I can't no, see I don't. it. I no, that's because I, I didn't know. put a question out. But why. never fear. Yeah. <laughs> hold Len, up. Let, oh, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. On, never fear. On. My friends don't let me down. I have got questions to ask. There you go. Yeah? Go so, Nicholas Harvey, because he said, we're not having a question. So I said, well, ask me now. <laughs> so he's gone one. This is for all of us. Is there anything more out of town than Sean's Chroma Crab Salad recipe? <laughs> Two. Sean. I'm sure your secret sources told you. So how much did we pay for Halla, excluding the add-ons? That's true. You, you didn't find it. What was? Yeah. What is the truth? I don't believe it was forty-two million. Why? Why do you say that? Because I know the way Golden. I know the way Sullivan organises. He always does it with add-ons. Everything's add-ons and performance related and everything else. So, look, I, I've seen. I've seen claims that, you know, false claims that it was made. He was a record signing, without add-ons. There was no sell-on fee or, or anything else. Fee, 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 uh, and. And my understanding is, and I've asked this question directly, is it's as close as damn it to the forty-five million quoted. So yes, makes it worse. Then. It was All right. okay. 
Well, it does make it worse. And there's, you know, if it would have made it better, because because I said to him, this this senior sorts, I said, you know, damage limitation time. Duh, duh, duh. Um, do you, you know, give me some details that would help some with some damage limitation with the fans when this first came out? Um, and you know, we we talked about the fee, and we talked about the payment terms with the outbound. Um, confirmed how much we'd paid. Wouldn't confirm how much was still owed to Frankfurt, uh, but but in the process of that confirms how much we paid. So I've got no reason to to doubt them or him. Right. Okay. <coughs> Len. Yes, mate. Nicholas asks: Will we buy a decent striker, or will we end up with a pointless loan deal and then end up without a striker when Antonio's hamstring goes again? We'll buy a striker. It'll be a purchase. Um, it'll probably be... It, pop, they, they probably won't have a Premier League experience. And I think it'll be better. He it, it will prove to be better than Haller because he'll be someone that Moyes has been looking at. I'm not having all this. You know, there's no one about that. We'll buy a striker, in my opinion. All right. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, he then asked me a question. He says, brave decision to sell Haller without a replacement lined up, uh, or will it prove to be foolhardy? Do I think it was Moore's decision, or Sullivan need the cash to pay for the next Haller instalment? Uh, personally, I think... I'm I, not I, sure about Moore. I, I think that. it was a club decision. I'd imagine that Moyes would have sanctioned it. Uh, Moyes yeah. did sanction it, and just to be clear, the next Allaire payment is not due to the end of the season yeah. so we, we don't have to pay any more money to relay till to may how depressing uh, you know um but you know um you know he sanctioned it he, he said so i mean Moyes is not he may be in many things but he's not a liar we said look we, we weren't expecting it i wasn't planning for leave an offer came out of the blue uh, and we felt we had to take it you know I and think we he's right. Replacement lined up. I think we yeah. did have to take it. I think he's right. Yeah. I mean, we haven't covered the yeah. fact that it turns out Alan knew he was going two months ago, or he knew yeah. that, that. Well, we obviously, you know, yeah, he, he was talking to his old manager, but you know, stuff like I'm going to criticise him for that, but I will criticise him for the performances then that he put in, where sometimes people were defending him and the way he played. And now it casts shadow on that doubt. Or it casts mm. shadow on those performances that, that some of us try to defend. Because you think, you know, you'd like, I always try and believe that football always tries 100%. When he comes out and goes, oh, we knew two months, blah, blah, blah. For me, it was like, well, did he really put himself about then? Didn't want to get injured? Did he coast through games? I'm not saying. That's what he definitely did, but it casts a shadow of doubt. I think changing your football nationality says everything about you personally. Yes. Yes. I've got a question, by the way. It was sent Hold to up. me on Nicholas on finishes with uh, Brady oh. out. Brady out. Okay. Go on. So I've got a question. I mean, it was sent to me on, on WhatsApp privately, so wouldn't it be fair on Stelius Cool Jazz just to read it out? He says, uh, what's all this claptrap 
if the stadium goes bust, we won't have to we won't have a stadium to play in. The stadium has been going bust for years. So how come it's a big issue all of a sudden? Who's made um, it a big issue? Well, I, I actually said, <laughs> not true. Where is this from? <laughs> he still doesn't know he's on air. And I said, uh, uh, I, I know it's... Um, oh, it came from Gonzo. It was a brilliant video. He said, he said I was asked about it on a video Gonzo did. Um suggesting that if the stadium went bust, we won't have a stadium. So let me just... Well, look, I'll do it uh, quickly, yeah? The stadium won't go bust because it's a government-owned stadium, yeah? So the government... No, 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 that's not true. That is not true. I know stadium inside out. I once devised the club on the stadium contract. The stadium company can go bust. It's a private company. However, our saviour, Karen Brady, Brady out, wrote a clause in that the ultimate uh, guarantor is the government. So oh, it doesn't yeah. matter if if Stadium 185 or Stadium E20 goes bust or LLDC goes bust, etc., that the stadium must be guarantored for West Ham's contract by the central government. And I'll tell you what, you may say lots of things about us. You pulled a, pulled a blinder. Oh, no, but it, but it always goes says, they can never yeah. go bust because they would have gone bust a long time ago. Let me tell you to to get rid of the West Ham contract. Yeah, but but that's why it's a good business deal for West Ham Business Club, not West Ham Football Club. But also, what it shows <laughs> is how much they really want to buy the stadium. Because if they really wanted to buy it, they'd have been happy to let the stadium go bust and pick the stadium up on the cheap. But yeah. the fact like that they're prepared to let the stadium go bust and then the government has to step in and basically come the landlord um, says all you need to know yeah. that these well, owners never want to buy that stadium. Hilariously, I did say to Stel, by the way, we're recording um, a podcast at the moment. Any questions? He said, well, I might as well ask, is there any truth we would be honest if the stadium goes bust? Yeah. Who would take control so of the no stadium truth. if the current... No, and let, let me tell you, and, and I, I ran this story and someone gave me, you ran that again last year. But yeah, I repeat stuff because people miss it. Um, West Ham will not buy the stadium. I ran a story last week. It lost twenty nine million pounds, right? Uh, just before. But Sean, COVID, we've been saying this since twenty fifteen. Yeah, but I'm just repeating because people keep on asking it. So I ran a story. It lost money, and everyone goes, "We should buy the stadium." I can see that happening. We're oh. going to buy the stadium, and then sell the club, right? The, the the club would not buy the stadium unless there was a massive subsidy of at least two hundred million pound. There, even if you and if the, and if that happened, you remember, tell people what would happen if that was the case. Well, n number one, it's not palatable for the politicians, particularly the, the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. But 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 you've got all kinds, even out we're outside of Europe, there's all kinds of regulations state aid would have a problem with and FIFA would probably get involved in everything. But the reality is you cannot buy out UK Athletics, Delaware North, and, uh, and, and, and by the way, Vinci is still involved. They still do a lot of the facilities management. It's it's probably a billion pounds worth of onerous contracts, including West Ham, that you would have to buy out. The, the The likelihood is, at some point in the next 10 years, West Ham take over the operation and become the operator. So I see us taking over London Stadium 185 that was run by Vinci. I'm running our own stadium like Man City does. Definitely. We could save money for the taxpayers and for it. 
But the ownership, like Man City, that still owns the Manchester City Council, would be retained by the public sector uh, because they would not want to embarrass, um, you know, uh, Boris Johnson and, and all the others that made these silly decisions um, in the first place of where we are. Well, Sadiq Khan wouldn't mind embarrassing him. Well, I don't think Sadiq had very much to do with it beyond that it's it's still mismanaged. And, and, you know, I did ask someone, a senior source in the club, and said they're just not very good at running businesses. And that shows, you know, the only reason they've saved money this financial year, by the way, is there's been no one in it. So yeah, that, that, that last financial money. figures, when did yeah. that cover up? goes up to the end of March. Yeah. So actually, it's the next set that come out this time next year. Everybody began, oh, didn't the stadium did all right, didn't they? They only lost a couple of million pounds. Yeah, yeah. I I was telling someone that yesterday that actually um, the stadium operators are quite happy at the moment because we've managed to build and operate a stadium that's used possibly more than any recent Olympic stadium has ever been used but it actually only makes, or it loses less money when it's empty than actually, yeah, than true. the fact that, because so, so the cost of legacy is actually crippling, that when you think we actually won the Olympics off the back of so-called legacy, yeah, the cost of that legacy is what's causing the bloody problems. Well, we're nearly, we're at a billion pounds yeah. now. The, to build the stadium twice cost over 700 million. Mm. The total losses for the operator and, and sorry, the owner, E20, are now something like 290 million with the latest 30 million this year. So if we're not at a billion pounds, we soon will be next I mean, year. I, a billion look, pounds of taxpayers' money listen, has been invested. And don't get me no, wrong, no. it was built for the Olympics. Yeah. So let's not forget the first 500 million pounds was to host the Olympics. And you, you don't expect to Yeah, but I don't want to worry people. Then we rebuilt it again, and then money gets thrown down the drain. Yeah, but I don't want to worry people. But let's just remember that the person that signed off on this contract to West Ham now runs the country, not just London. So if he's that good... Let's not get yeah, party If he's that good... Because let's remember Tessa Jow and oh, no, no, no. They were to blame. And Seb Coe, yeah. and I'm trying to think of other people involved, all signed off no, on this, yeah. including the Labour Party. Yeah, in but general. in their defence, yeah, in their defence, when they originally planned it, it was going to be a 25,000-seater athletic stadium. It weren't until um, David Cameron turned up in 2010. Uh, or when did the Tories... When did David Cameron win the election? Oh, you're 2010, not, you're not, wasn't it? Don't, don't turn this into a political podcast. Yeah, what's wrong with you? No, but that's what happened. Yeah. That, that, let's get this right. That's what happened let's, in 2010. Let's be honest. We're, we're, all, we're all Tories on this podcast at the moment, so suddenly don't, uh, don't betray your roots. Don't be uh, putting me. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not. <laughs> you used to be a Tory. You yeah, used to yeah. be a Tory. I used to be. I used to be. But, or I have voted to in the past, but believe me, they will never get... As far as I'm concerned, Brexit's been achieved. They will never get one of my votes All again. Right. All right. Anyway, it's not a party political broadcast. No. Um, it is a football right, broadcast. Next They're question. Bringing it back to the football. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You're doing a pod tonight? If not, 
but can ask yous. Yeah, so this is the question. I want to ask whether you think that Premier League footballers should have to play in conditions like last night. Now, wait, he says the reason he asked is because he's seen the point of view expressed by one or two people, and probably on West Ham till I die. Uh, so, obviously, it's possible people have been complaining that apparently Premier League players shouldn't play in those conditions, i.e. the pitch. Oh, what a load of old baloney. I mean, the only thing I would say from a medical position is if they were getting injured um, from the pitch, I would say, no, it's not on and, and we should expect to play a certain level. But this is the magic of the FA Cup, right? If they're not getting injured, tough luck. Let them, you know, slum it for a, for a, a while and, and see how non-league football is played. And that's what Michael... Michael... Uh, Mikel Antonio said, he said, you know, he owes everything to non-league football, as you probably know, he was at Tootin and Mitcham, um, and he, he thought it was magic and paid tribute to Stockport County for last night. Short answer from me. Len? No, I think they should play. We haven't got much magic left in football, have we? So let's not take everything out. <laughs> as bad as that pitch was last night, uh, I will direct you to the big match we visited on a Saturday morning and have a look at some of the pitches they played on. And believe me, that was like a carpet last night um, compared to pitches in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I, I, it makes me wonder whether we get injuries more on pitches now because they are like carpets, whereas no one got injured yesterday. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? How do you know that? How do you know no one got injured? Everyone came through it. Well, he watched the game. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a well, giveaway. Really. <laughs> well, you say that, you say that, but often, you know, the aches and pains come through the next day and suddenly you're, oh, you know, um, I, I couldn't train or, or, you know, tomorrow. Oh, right. Okay. Um, we'll see. All right. You know, I might have got one of those fireworks splinters in their eye or a stick from the rocket might have hit. Oh, right. um, well, they Mark were really scared, according to you. So, uh, well, Mark Noble in particular, yeah, yeah. scared shitless. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan thirty one sixty forty three forty. Oh, um, is that Dan Cunningham, the new director, or not? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay, because he would know the answer to this question. Because he asked, did, oh, we, right. did we sell Haller to pay for the team's travel costs to Stockport? <laughs> No, 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 they got got the bus. No, uh, it was just sold a kidney. That's all. Um, next up is Lincoln Haller, uh, Lincoln Hammer, not Lincoln Haller, uh, Lincoln Hammer, Paul T. He says, Hello, lads. He says, Not sure what the question you're asking this week, but he's been watching Sky Sports reruns recently. Oh, and noticed that compared to years ago, there aren't any lobbed from distance goals or diving headers anymore. That's My a question good, is why? That is a good point. The last goal has disappeared. You know why? We don't play eye line or something. No, the, and this is the theory. Yeah, so I think the average height of a goalkeeper when football goals were invented or the size was set down in law was five foot seven. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't go back that far. No, no, no. no. So if we fast forward to the seventies. 
Yeah, the average height of a goalkeeper, I believe, was about five foot eleven. Now this may shock people, but uh, I think Ray Clements was only five foot eleven. Peter Shilton was—I don't think Peter Shilton was six foot. So it, it was rare to have a keeper six foot two, six foot three. I think Parks was quite tall, but I think Phil's only six two. So if you fast forward nowadays and look at goalkeepers, six five, six six, goalkeepers are taller, more difficult to lob them. I would, if I was a football lawmaker, look at increasing the sizes of goals. <laughs> really? Well, because if you look that the goals were invented when goalkeepers, well, the average height of a goalkeeper was around five foot seven, five foot eight. And now they're like six foot two, six foot three. You know, there's a big difference there. So, hence why if you look, but it's possible that more penalties are saved for that reason, because the keepers are bigger, and so they can reach into the corner with their dives. It's just a theory. It could be true, could be not. Can you disprove it though? No. No. Um, Any more Twitter? No, that's it for Twitter. I'd, I'd... I, I've been playing with the Twitterati. Obviously, I've been posting pictures of our new directors, and I've been getting some quite not abusive, but but people have suggested. I mean, we've now got ten directors in that company. Um, that we we have, you know, we'll soon have more directors than first team. So the suggestions of the next three directors are Brady's husband, uh, me, and Jim White. Um, (laughs) if I was called upon to serve I would serve make no doubt about it but no I haven't been asked so uh, uh, and my name's not Gold or Sullivan so I don't think I will be asked to become uh, a director sorry no no not in the future I don't think so no no, not unless I come into a bit of money and, you know, buy in like uh, Terry Brown and Daniel Harris has. Uh, but apart from that, I think, yeah, you know, you have to be in the family or be in the know. Uh, let's talk about uh, propaganda. So you use guys uh, recorded last weekend with uh, Alan Avid guest. I've just listened to it. It was a good listen. Uh, you went up you went over your hour. A little bit of abuse for me, I must say, Len. Uh, I, I did see the the dig, but I, you know, no publicity is bad publicity, as they always say. You mean all um, publicity is good publicity? Yeah, something like that. Um, so yeah, give it a listen. Propaganda. Um, if you know an out of town or an in towner who, who would like to be a guest, uh, make some suggestions. It's like a nomination round. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the last one. It's supposed to be an hour. Went on for an hour and sixteen minutes. Because the twos then were talking about the bond scheme, something that Alan said he knew nothing about. He wrote, I don't know about the bond scheme. So, so um, Nigel and and Len proceeded to tell him for the next fifteen minutes. But anyway, it's a good listen. Give it a listen. Uh, we're on episode four now of a propaganda, and I'm sure another one will be out soon. Um, I think that only leads for for um, predictions. No, hold up. Got, I just oh, go on. I'll, any other business? Any other business? Uh, obviously, last week. People would have heard me um, reading oh, out yeah. Dodds's um, question. It, it, um, 
it, it, I don't know what you say. Poor old Dodsey got took very ill with the plague. Um, and uh, COVID. Yeah. No, it's not the plague. That's not, it's not no. a black death or anything. It's, it's COVID. Yeah. So it, it perhaps made my joke seem, in, in, my, my, my voice seem in poor taste. So I'd just like to apologise to Dodsey and say, I'm doing this story. <laughs> Is he out so, now? Now you want to run the recovery. I wish you and the wife all the best. Is he out of the hospital now? Uh, he is. He is out. Oh, good. Good. He's got he's fully actually, recovered. This boy can type, yeah? Because in one minute, he has sent this. Uh, All right, my handsomes, as you're doing? Hopefully today, Nigel will read my question out without Sean and Len having reminded him that he'd forgotten me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Sean, he says, what's the reason for appointing Eve Vaughan to the board other than she's a porn star and used to fucking people so we're we'll quite fit? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. A lady's past is a lady's past. I think that is absolutely outrageous to bring up. Man. I should have vetted that. Uh, she, was a, she was a model. Um, I, I like I like to ask a question back, Dodsey. How did you how did you catch COVID with your lady wife if you if you followed all the rules and didn't break social distancing? There you go. That's my question to you. All right, there you go. He, he then goes on to say the pitch was a clear leveller last night. However, he thought the fireworks for the young fifteen-year-old's intensive care after being hit by the police was a nice touch. He says, thank you for all the kind words from more than just the podcast listeners to my incarceration in hospital with COVID and I'll be covering slowly. Uh, Get well soon, Brady out. He's popping pills like nothing, apparently. Um, he, he does travel quite a lot of places. And I, look, I don't like to cast aspersions, but, but and I don't mean to be wrong. But everybody who catches COVID, right, at some point has broken social distancing rules because, or, well, that's not true, actually, because it could mean one of their household has broken. So in, in, in someone broke social distancing rules, otherwise no one would ever get COVID, right? So every infection is someone who broke to be fair uh, to him, social distancing rules. I think rules. Sure? a nurse, Sean, so it's possible. Yeah, it's about to say. Does his does his does his um uh, daughter still live with him? No, possibly. Okay, all right. Well, if if that's the case, and he called it off, his daughter lives with him, and not another household. Then I apologise. All right, well done. Uh, last or oh, next up is Dave Trivet. He says, "Evening, everyone. Just a quick one. Last night was another tough watch. Bad conditions." He thinks Antonio shouldn't have played, but all no. he was happy with the result and the fact that Moisey seems to be taking the cup serious. Brady out. Brady out. Brady out. Did uh, Antonio touch the ball in the end? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I don't think he should have been risked last night because no, I, I just saw him on that pitch coming down with a hamstring and going, oh, my God. But anyway. Um, are you getting on with Super 6, Nigel? Uh, well, perhaps I should revert to your tactics, but I'm not going to go down that road of 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, 1 0. Well, it works though, doesn't it? Because it's, I'm in the top it's 10. A, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
there's, there's still there's still loads of games. I I, I still <laughs> outscore every single week. I outscore you just to say I'm not. I'm moving ahead because uh, how many did you score this week? Uh, was it six? You got eight. Yeah, I got eight. So you know, as you say, but every week I outscore you. So yeah, that give you a little fun. tip. It, it might be a marathon, not a sprint. But at one point, just this is how it works. You need to score more points than me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hate to point it out, but that's the way it works. Patience, right? my friend. Patience. Tortoise and the hare, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. All right, let's go to predictions. Burnley at the London Stadium. Burnley or West Ham? Oh, you love to take <laughs> no, that. I do think it's going to be 1 0 West Ham, though. That's a good thing. So I'm happier to get in early. Is this um, oh. a Saturday, three o'clock game? Imagine that. No, it's not. It's <laughs> it, it's a Tuesday. What? I think it is. I think it's something what? weird. So it's, like it's seven days' time, the next game. I think so. Let me just check on that. I'm going to go 2-0 West Ham, by the way, while I just check that. Um, it's so, 3 o'clock Saturday, Sean. I don't want to disappoint you. We are oh, playing it is. Tuesday. I playing yeah, Saturday. I thought, well, I, I, knew, I knew we had a game on Tuesday, and for some oh, reason... Yeah, sorry, it's West Brom. For oh. some reason, I'm getting those mixed up. I knew we were playing on Tuesday, but you're right. We're playing on Saturday against Burnley. I think, uh, I today, right, I think we've still got five games left in January. Yeah. Yeah, so we play on the Tuesday the 19th against uh, Robert Snodgrass and, and Sam. Northern girls love gravy. There's your ruddy bubbles. Um, and then they're, we they're play... Yeah. I don't want to... Uh, all right. You know, they talk like that. From and, and then we play Palace away uh, on Wednesday, the 27th of January. And then on the last day of January, Sunday the 31st, we play Liverpool at home. And you forgot about so Doncaster. On... Don't worry about it. Uh, Doncaster hasn't been put into the... Uh, the schedule, yeah. So by, far, uh, it's on the weekend before the Palace game. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's going to be a quite a intensive um, few weeks, isn't it? That's what I said. It's the middle of January and we've got five games still in January. Wow, that will give us something to talk about. Anyway, that's all we time we have tonight. Uh, I have been... Up. Oh, what do you mean? What have you got now? Have I given my prediction yet? Oh, yeah, no, you yeah. haven't. <laughs> No, right, thank you very much. Well, it takes so long. Don't come on, don't oh, dilly daddy. Yeah, nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> it could be I've, right. I've been Sean. Sean Nigel what? has been. <laughs> no, Nigel has been. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gone. I think to say after five years gone. And and Canning Town Len has been. Um. Yeah. Two. And, I and we're think up. about the answer before you ask. I always yeah. forget that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we're under the 90 minutes that we promised Nigel before we start. Come on, you irons. Bobby Moore. does a podcast. Bobby Moore. does a podcast. On the advice of counsel, I invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination.
and respectfully decline to answer your question. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 